0: Thank you for listening to this recent message from The Rescue Church. We pray that God will use this message to encourage, challenge, and inspire you on in your faith journey. If you'd like to learn more about The Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com. Hey, it's good to be with a family of God I didn't know I had. It's like your parents tell you, hey, we have this other family, and then you meet them. You're like, oh, they're kind of like us. (laughs) They seem like us. Um, What a privilege for me to speak to you uh, this morning, Rescue Church. Um, I want to thank your pastor who became one of my best pastor friends, and I met him like what, five years ago, and um, when we go out with uh, my wife and his wife, Jessica, what, last time we spent four hours in a restaurant? They stopped bringing us water, like two hours in, and we just talked, talked, and talked. I'm so glad that, uh, I, I don't know if you guys uh, can see the forest. Sometimes you are in this, you, you could see the tree, but you don't see the whole forest. But your church is known in this region. The first time I heard about you guys is that uh, somebody told me you gotta see this church. They're doing some crazy things in small town. And I saw that video where John is in bed. I think you were there too. I didn't see your face, but um, and he's inviting people to church from his bed, and he was going to talk about intimacy. <laughs> and I was like, I gotta meet this guy. He's doing some cool things in a small town. And so your name is known for. Planting churches, starting churches, uh, raising up young guys and and sending them out. And they're planting churches and they're, they're doing great. So I'm excited to be a part of this. You know, it's not the size of a church that determines its greatness. It's the kind of people they produce. And you guys are doing some amazing things. And you should know about it. And the truth is, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Well, like uh, Pastor Sam said, I'm Alexander Klimchuk. I, I am a father. Uh, I've been married for 18 years. We have three children, 14, 13, and 6. So our house is uh, pretty busy right now. Lots of teenagers love having friends. So we're having people over the weekend spend time in... Um, in our house and uh so i have to lock myself in a room and just to get some peace and um i'm a pastor of new life church and also i'm a business owner so i'm bivocational like john is and uh, i don't know which one is part-time in the winter i'm more involved in church in the summer, I'm more in the business world, and I love it that way. I just could not sit in church, for two, a church office for too long. I tried it for a couple of months. I was like, that's it. I'm going to study the Bible, you know. I'm going to do this and this. All, all I need to do is just go to church office. And I was spending time on Facebook and Twitter, and I decided I'm wasting a lot of time. And, and I'm just gonna go and, and meet some people and enjoy people. I love people, and uh, that's, that's how it is. But the greatest thing about uh, me, you should know, is that I love the Lord, and, um, and He loves me. And my name is written in the book of life. And so I'm excited for that. Today, I wanna talk to you guys on a topic called Delete the App. Delete the App. If we can open our Bibles to Romans uh, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, but really I want to focus on, on two. Uh, if we can, are we going to have them on the screen? Yeah, awesome. And it says here, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed. To this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. On Wednesday, I was driving through our beautiful country roads in South Dakota. But my mind was filled with anxiety, worry, and fear. I was... uh, My mind was just filled with junk. Ever had a day where your mind is filled with junk? And I'm driving and, and, and worrying. We had contracts due, paperwork due in the business world. And there was just so much going on. And I was not keeping up. So my mind was just filled with junk. And I was... As I was driving... Suddenly a thought came to my mind. Why are you wasting a perfectly good day worrying? This day is the day that the Lord has made. It would be a shame to waste a good day by worrying. And suddenly I woke up. From whatever this thing was all over the cloud that was over my head. And I woke up and I said, I'm not going to waste this day. I have the peace of God. I have the promises of God and peace is mine. The peace Bible says, let the peace of God rule your heart. It says the gift of the Spirit is, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is peace. We must seek and pursue peace. And as I'm, I'm driving, I started changing the tape that was playing in my mind. I started saying, the peace of God is mine. Out loud, in my car. People probably thinking I'm crazy. But I began to declare that the peace of God is mine. The peace of God is mine. The peace of God is mine. And guys, you, don't, you won't believe this, but suddenly it was like my eyes were open. And I began to see the beautiful golden colors a fall, the South Dakota fall. I was blind. I was blinded by my worries, by my stress, by my fears, by my anxieties. I was blinded so I couldn't see what my soul needed to see. How many times we get so blinded, and worried about our finances, about our children, about whatever it is that we're worried about and we don't see the beauty that God has placed all around us. That was me. And later the Lord showed me how the devil loves to blind us. He loves for you to be blind, miserable, bitter. He loves for us to walk in darkness, even on the most beautiful day, like, like that day was. I couldn't see the beauty. I couldn't see the ray of sunlight coming down like raindrops warming up the air. I couldn't see none of that because my mind was so focused and was blinded by fear. The devil likes to blind us. Makes us miserable and bitter so we don't see the beauty of God. And the beauty of God is what our soul desires. And the beauty of God is what our soul feeds on. The devil is like that app on your phone that drains your battery by noon. And that's just annoying. (laughs) Delete the app. We live in the richest country in the world. If you agree with that, would you say yes? yes? Yes. We live in the time... Where it's the safest it's ever been. For example, there is police. If you are having problems, somebody trying to break into your home, you call them and they will be there in like five minutes. You know, that wasn't like that always. Did you know that uh, there is no militia driving around the street and shooting their guns up in the air? You know, causing fear in the hearts of people and people are locking their doors. We live in the safest time compared to, what, 100 years ago, 500 years ago that ever existed. Would you agree with that? Say yes. Yes. We live in a time where healthcare and science are making amazing breakthroughs in the world. If you agree with that, say yes. We're coming up with all kinds of cures for cancer. I have a friend in Minneapolis and his wife is a scientist at the University of Minnesota or something like that and she said the chemotherapy is kind of going out of the uh, out of the uh, way they're they're doing targeted therapy and they're saying that's the next big thing that's coming that they target the tumor and instead of the whole body so you don't lose hair you don't you don't go through the the craziness of the chemotherapy if you know somebody or if you have been through it you know what I'm talking about we live in the most comforts that people ever lived in the world. Think about it. How many TVs do you have in your house? How many iPads, iPhones do you have in a house? Guys, you have A.C. Solomon didn't have air conditioning. Ever been in a place where it's so hot, everybody's sweating, everybody stinks? That's not us. We live in the most comfortable place or time in the world where we have heat. There's no smoke in our house, burning your eyes, your nose. There's AC in your car. My goodness. We live in the greatest time to be alive. Let me give you one, a few more. We eat the most diverse food than people ever in the world. Where's avocados from? Do you grow them? Do you like them? Yeah. Did you know that um, I haven't even tried a banana till I was 12 years old? First time I tried a banana, I was, I, I, I was born in Ukraine, and we didn't have bananas. When I came here at 12 years old, my family moved. That's when I tried bananas. Imagine how many fruits and vegetables we we'll eat Old time of year. If you're into drinking, just tasting stuff, you know, not drinking really, Um, we have the most diverse wines and beers and all kinds of things than people ever in the world. Solomon probably had like three types of wines, we have like thousands. Right? We live in the most, we live in a world where knowledge is at our fingertips at any moment. All the knowledge in the world we can have right now. That never happened before. We live in the time. And you would think that that would make us the most happiest people in the world. But the truth is, we're not. And especially being a believer, you should and I should be the happiest person in the world. But we are struggling just as everybody else. Our names are written in the book of life. We're going to live for eternity. But yet we live full of fear, worries, anxieties, depression. And I like to say that's not the kind of life that Jesus died for to give us. He, has, he said, I have come to give you life to the fullest. So why don't we have it? A lot of times Christians act like the older brother. Father, when are you going to give me a goat? And a lot of times we say, Father, when are you going to throw me a party? And the father turned to the older brother. And what did he say? Son, help me out. All that I is yours. Did you hear that? What, what Father is saying to us today that all that He has is ours. Do you think He has problem with joy? Do you think He only has streets of gold in heaven? But joy is like, He's poor in joy. He's poor in happiness. He's poor in, in blessings. I don't think so. Our Father is rich in all those things. But he said, I'm not going to give it to you. you got to take it. He says, all that I have is yours. What is he saying to his son? Go get a goat if you want. Go throw yourself a party if you want. Stop just begging. Stop being passive aggressive with your heavenly father. When are you going to give it to me? Why aren't you giving it to me? Well, I should have more happiness. I should have more joy. And God says, all that I have is yours. Bible is a book of promises, wouldn't you agree? There's like 30,000 promises in the Bible and all of them are ours. I found out really quick that good life doesn't make a person happier. See, a lot of times what we do is we start chasing after material things. We start chasing after money, after status. We want to build a bigger house. We want to buy a better car But you'll find out really quick that those things do not make us happier. Good life does not make a person happier. Somewhere we were made to believe that happiness is a consequence of something. What are you waiting for to be happy? What will make you happy? What will make you the most joyous, happiest Christian in this church today? Well, Pastor, if I had a boyfriend... If I had a wife, if I had a second wife, or, you know, if if I had a better house, what is it? And here's the truth, that sometimes the hope of a thing is better than a thing itself. Because once you get that thing, you'll find out that that thing doesn't satisfy. And here's why, because happiness and joy does not come from the things you possess, it comes from within. It comes from the right thinking and the right believing. I remember I was 20 years old, and I was like, I'm going to buy the best car I can afford. And um, I couldn't afford a new car, so what I would do is I would buy a a crashed car, like lightly crashed car. For example, you go to a junkyard, and they have a car that runs, but it's all beat up. And so what I would do is I would fix it. And I remember (laughs) at 20 years old, um, I bought a Lexus LS400. That was like the best car a 20-year-old kid could have. I mean, it's luxury. It's leather seats. It's V8. I mean, it's beautiful. I was dreaming about it, thinking about it, uh, uh, taking all my money, investing into it. And finally, I fixed the car. And I thought it's going to make me so happy. And I got on that road, drove it. And I was like, shoot, this doesn't make you happy. And then, you know, you, you're like, no, no, maybe, maybe it's the something else will make you happy and something else. But here's what I've learned. That happiness is not a consequence of something. It happens on the inside. It has to happen on the inside. So how do you, how do you become happy? Happiness is determined by what you feed yourself. I love this topic, and here's why. We are created by God as three parts. Correct? Spirit, soul, and body. In order for your physical body to be happy, it wants to be what? Fed. It wants to eat. Three times a day, sometimes more. And sometimes when we're depressed, we want to eat five times or six times a day. And once at night. <laughs> but if you, if you don't feed your body, what will happen? It dies. Not so with your soul. See, um, if you feed your body, it will give you the energy needed to live life. Now, your spirit... You also have to feed. You know what what to feed your spirit. The Word of God, uh, Pastor John was talking about reading the Bible, that feeds our spirit. Prayer feeds our spirit. Um, But what do you feed your soul? And and I want to tell you something, and, and this is something I've been working on for years in myself, is discovering about that soul of mine understand my body. I kind of understand my spirit. But what about my soul? Feeding my soul. Um, soul is complicated. Soul is a, a baby born from spirit and body. Did you know that? Listen to this. Before God created a man, He made a body from a clay. But that wasn't a human being yet. In heaven, he created a spirit. He had a spirit. He says, let us make man in our image. So that happened in heaven. Then he created a body. And then he did this. He blew the spirit into the body. And and what happened? A man became a living soul. Not spirit, not body. A living soul. Your soul is very complicated. Our scientists love to study the body and and, and, and spiritual people love to talk about the spirit. But soul is where most of the battles in life will happen. Wouldn't you agree? Your spiritual warfare will happen in your soul, in your mind. Your soul is your mind, will and your emotions. Happiness or sadness comes from the soul. And your body could be happy. Your body could be fed. But unless the soul is healthy. Unless the soul is fed, you will live a miserable life. And today I want to give you three things that I've struggled with and how I overcame them. And I want to give you just a little tip on how to, uh, how your soul, how to feed your soul. Your soul, number one, is fed on faith or fear. Your soul is fed on I didn't bring my uh, 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 faith or fear. Um, Thank you. Now, what does your soul like to eat? What is it like to feed on? Um, And there's a lot of things. There's good food for your soul, and there's poisonous food for your soul. See, if you don't feed your soul, your soul will feed itself. If you don't feed it on purpose, it will feed itself junk food. How you feel is determined by what you feed your soul. So, for example, I've Figured out that material things won't make me happy. So, how do I become happy? Here I am walking in Walmart. And I'm saying, and suddenly this sadness comes over me like, Oh, I'm feeling so low, I'm feeling so down, I'm kind of feeling depressed. And the Lord said, Begin to speak to your soul, begin, begin to tell it how to feel. And I said, I'm so blessed. I am so blessed. I'm so blessed. And the word blessed didn't really connect with me. Because it's such a religious word. I'm so blessed. And then, somewhere I heard that the word blessed in Hebrew is closer to I'm so happy. And I started walking around declaring to myself, I am so happy right now. I'm so happy right now. And at first, nothing happened. I still felt down. And then, I said, God, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to to feed my soul that I am happy. Because if all that you have is mine, why don't I have it? So I began to declare it. I started saying, I'm so happy. And before you know it, my heart was filled with happiness. And then, my own soul began to ask me, why are you so happy? And I started giving it reasons. Well, because, well, I have a beautiful family. My kids are healthy. My wife is pretty cool. She's a beauty. Uh, Why am I so happy? Well, because I have a good job. I have many friends. Why am I so happy? Well, my car is driving good. Why am I so happy? Well, I'm alive. I'm healthy. Why am I so happy? And my, my mind began to ask me questions. And I started giving it like 100 reasons. Why am I so happy? And then I said, well, because my name is written in the book of life. Heaven knows my name. God knows my name. That's why I'm so happy. And before I knew it, my soul was filled with such joy. Because I declared The blessing of God, that's mine already in my life. I activated it in my life. See, Bible says renew your mind. Renew it to what? Upgrade it. Renew it to what? To the Word of God. And the Word of God says that I am blessed. You are blessed. I want you to try something with me today. I want you to say this and mean it. I am happy right now. Okay, okay. Say it like you from, from down, from over here somewhere. I am, so happy right now. I am so happy right now. Okay, now turn to your neighbor and make him believe that you are so happy right now. Come on, say, I'm so happy right now. I'm so happy right now. Look at you, you guys are laughing. When you tell your soul that you are happy, your soul will find a hundred reasons why you're happy. Now, if you tell your soul today, I'm so sad. Pastor John is not here Wish he was. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh. But if you tell your, yourself in the morning, I'm so sad. Your mind will ask you why are you sad. And you'll give it a thousand reasons why you have a right to be sad. Why you have a right to be depressed. Why you have a right to be upset. Give your soul... Good food, not poison food. Another poison for the soul is feeling like I'm not good enough. Ever felt like you're not good enough? It will tear you up from the inside. And the Lord gave me this scripture and it's yours as well. The promise that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And at first I said it, I didn't believe it. And then I started saying it again and again and again. And I started feeding my soul that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And before you know it, I must have said it hundreds of times. I began to confess the Word of God over my life. I began to feed my soul. Because if you don't feed your soul, it will feed naturally. on fear... Naturally, your mind will feed on worries. Your, naturally, your, your, your heart will feed on all the negativity in your life and bad things that are happening in your life. But you are in control. And you can say what you want to happen in your life. And I began to confess. At first, I was like, well, I'm not good enough. I don't know if I can do this. Uh, I have an accent. You know, that was a big excuse. I would use for everything. You know, do you have excuses that you go to? You know, if something you're afraid of, oh, I don't know. And, and then you self-sabotage some opportunities that God has given you because you are afraid. And I begin to confess, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And before, you know what? My soul believed my words. My soul believed the word of God. Jesus said, a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that's coming out of the mouth of God. Feed your soul the word of God. I remember I used to struggle with fear. And this was like the biggest enemy in my life. Because if you look at my life, you would think you have a perfect life. You have family. You have church. You have business. You have, everything seems to go good in your life. Why? But people didn't know that inside I was depressed. I'm acting outside happy, but inside I'm, I'm going through turmoils. I'm not enjoying life sometimes, if I'm honest. I've thought about, man, it would be just nice to go to heaven, to die right now and to go to heaven. Ever felt that way? Your soul needs something to feed on. And so I began to uh, talk about, the, I found a verse in the Bible, and I started confessing, for God did not give me the spirit of fear. Ever struggle with fear? It's not from God, and if it's not from God, where is it from? The enemy. Delete the app. You gotta delete that app. That's draining your battery, because devil is a drainer of life. That's what He likes to do. He likes to drain your life so you don't have energy to go and enjoy the beauty of the fall in South Dakota. You don't have the energy to go to a football game. You don't have the energy to call some friends and get together because you're so preoccupied. You're blinded by these enemies of the soul. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but love. Love is like the anesthetic. It makes everything better. Love even actually makes um, the nature more beautiful. Did you know that? When you're in love, the river is like, oh, it's so pretty. The tree, it's like, oh, this leaf, oh. Because you're in love. Love magnifies everything. That's why Bible says, walk in love. It makes everything better. Um, So God has given us has not given us a spirit of fear, but love. Then, another one He gave us is power. In our culture, powerful people or power is kind of being, uh, people think power. No, we don't like power. We don't like powerful people because they abuse power. They use it to for their personal gain and things like that. So so we don't like that power. But the truth is, God has given you love and power. You have the power over your life. You have the power over your emotions. You have the power over your anxieties, worries, and fears. You have the power over it. But here's what you got to do. You got to get up and fight the enemy. And you have the power over the enemy through the blood of Jesus. And all you have to do is get up and fight. Last year, a young man came to to me and said pastor i haven't slept for days i'm struggling with sexual addiction and i can't overcome it i am into pornography i'm to everything and i'm like well come to my office we're gonna pray and so he comes to my office and when he comes um, he starts acting out if you know what i mean meaning there's something else inside It, it goes from him to not him him to not him if you're in minister alone enough, you'll see that, and I'm sure your pastors have dealt pastors have dealt with that. But there was a there was a spirit behind all that. He hasn't slept for days. So I called on our youth pastor and I said, "Hey, come over, be with me in the office, because I'm I'm scared of this dude." I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's pretty scary, you know, when a when a demon starts manifesting. You're talking to the man, and first you see him, and then you see something else behind that. Okay? And so we're praying. And as soon as we begin to pray, this man acts like a gorilla and jumps on my desk with his knuckles on my desk like this. Like jumps in my face. Here's the table. In my office, he's on the other side. I'm on this side. He jumps at me. And, tr- and I think the, the, the biggest weapon of the enemy is fear. And I've dealt with these things before. And I say, in Jesus' name, angels of God. Arrest him right now. He can't move past this line. That's it. And he couldn't. I said, you cannot move in this line. And so we began to pray. We said, God, deliver him. Free him. And you know what the Lord says to me? Remember that verse, you give him something to eat. Remember, uh, Jesus wanted to feed 5,000. And they're like, we don't have anything. We only have so much. And And he says, you give him something to eat. And the Lord said, you set him free. I've never heard that before. And finally, I I mustered up some courage because I was like, Jesus, you heal. You deliver. You, you, you. I'm just going to stand behind this desk right here. You do it. And he says, no, you do it. You have the power. You have the authority in my name. You do it. See, we want God to do everything for us. Just like the uh, the older brother of the prodigal son story. Give me a goat. Give me a party. He says, no, 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 it's all yours. Go take it. <laughs> and we looked at him and we said, in the name of Jesus, we commend you. I commend you to get out of him. And I, and I spoke it from the place of different authority. At first it was God, you do it. But now I spoke from, the, from somewhere deep where of, of who I am in Christ. And the dude just dropped. No energy. He, he couldn't get up. His face was so his face became from this angry eyes rolling to this smooth, soft, like he's been crying, you know, one of those. Ah. He's like, I can't get up. I'm like, can we have some food for him? So we found some chips. We had bags of a bag of chips. We gave him some water and bag of chips. He ate. And for the next month, he was like, I'm walking on air. I'm free. I'm walking on air. I'm free. And, and here's the truth. We have the power. God did not give us a spirit of fear. If you're struggling with fear that something bad is going to happen today, that's not God. That's the enemy, the app plane. You got to delete it. You got to take authority over it and you got to command the enemy to leave. Don't say, God, please remove the devil. No, you take authority. You have the power in Jesus' name. When I realized that, uh, I became a different person. And today my life is so much more happier. And I'm still having areas I struggle with because there's, you know, as soon as you defeat one level in the video game Mario Brothers or something, there's always another. Same thing in our life. As soon as you beat this enemy, there's another one and another. And I'm fine with that. That's life. Okay. But he gave us power and a sound mind. We're not afraid because uh, what fear does, it clouds our mind. And God says, no, I gave you a clearer mind to overcome. I'm running out of time. Jesus Christ died so you can live life to the fullest. That's absolutely true and he's saying to you what he said to his oldest son all that i have is yours all those promises you read about is yours take them claim them possess them they're already yours the peace of god is already in you walk in it the love of god is already in you did you know that god loves you as much as he loves jesus John 17 23, that's what it says. God loves you as much as He loves Jesus. And Jesus was not a sinner, we are, but yet He still loves us. Declare that over your life. If the enemy says you're garbage, you're nothing, say, No, God loves me as much as He loves my older brother Jesus. God did not give us a spirit of fear. If you're struggling with fear, fight it, fight back. That's spiritual warfare. Get up. Stop with an excuses. You're not a victim. And it doesn't matter what happened to you. Maybe something really bad happened to you. But you don't have to be a victim. You are victorious in Christ. In Christ, you are more than conqueror. So why are you crawling in a ball and and waiting to die? No. God has life. God has purpose. God has great plan for your life, even for today. He wants you to be full of happiness. But you got to tap into that inheritance that's already in you. It's been deposited by the Holy Spirit. It's been deposited by the Holy Spirit into you. You can pray about it for years. And I, I don't think I'm saying that you shouldn't pray. No, you should pray. Prayer is actually food for the soul. If you pray in faith, but if you pray in fear, oh God, please, 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 you're just wasting time. I'm telling you, I am not into spiritual mumbo jumbo. I'm into practical Christianity. I want to see it work in my life today. I know God did some great things in apostles days, but he wants to work in our life. He wants to show us how he's real today. All the promises in the Bible are yours. Find whatever you need. What are you struggling with? And let him feed your soul with his word. And that's my message for you guys today. I hope you were blessed. Thanks for tuning in to the Rescue Church Pass Messages. To hear our messages live, head to one of our physical campuses. Or check out our iCampus at therescuechurch.tv